And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, how you been today? I've been doing pretty good, actually. And happy Valentine's Day to you, kind of. I mean, we're almost there. Well, and not, I mean, I'm not wishing you a happy Valentine's <laughs> you know. We already Everybody already thinks we're married. Right. I mean, we are married, just not to each other. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we have wives, believe it or not. Um, and they do a great job of tolerating our hobbies. That is true. Yeah. That Very is good true. job. Very like good. We, we, and we thought, you know, it actually is Valentine's Day coming up pretty soon. Uh, I think when this airs, it'll be two days. Yeah, not airing live, you know, if you're joining yeah, yeah. us on if the live. If you're joining us on, like, in the actual podcast format and stuff like that, it's two days away. Yep. But then a couple days away, when, when you get the recording, that's Valentine's Day. We thought, what better than to show appreciation to our spouses or our significant others by... Talking about their favorite games and more or less agreeing or disagreeing. I don't know. This might end in a fight. I really don't know. No, no. Uh, I don't. I'm not <laughs> disagreeing with it. We're we're gonna give you their thoughts on it as well as our thoughts on yeah. the, their picks. I, in fact, I my wife surprised me on some of her picks. Some of like her top three, I knew what they were, hands down, and they turned out to be exactly how I would have put them as her one, two, threes. Uh, but everything else, uh, I'll. A lot of them just really surprised me what she put on the list because we went through the thing like all the games played on my statistics that I have, mm-hmm. um, and then I wrote all the games out that we played multiple times or just names that she's played that she enjoyed on my statistics, and she's like, "Okay, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one." To put on the list, and then I gave her the list, and I'm like, "Just rank them one through eight. Eight being your least favorite, one being your favorite, basically. Right. Uh, do whatever your top eight is." And she took about. 15 minutes, and she's like, here you go. And I'm like, but she even... Really fast, wow. Yeah. And then she's like, there wasn't one on the list, because I for, just forgot to put it on the list. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what is that game that does this and this and this? And I'm like, oh, it's this game. She's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's this. I'm like, you yep. liked it that much? That shocked me a little bit. Right. See, I'm actually, I'm trying to make a list right now, mm-hmm. and I know this is boring watching me write yeah, down yeah. stuff while you're talking, but I'm trying to predict... I'm writing down eight games that I think are on your wife's list. And mm. feel free to do that with mine as well, but I really think... I don't have the paper space for that. <laughs> um, I do, thankfully. Um, but man, these last two are going to be tough, so I, I'll throw these on later, probably. I think this... I'm actually not going to do eight, because I don't know too much, but oh, I, I think these ones will be on your wife's list. Um, Oof. Alright, um, alright. There's that one, there's that one. Uh, yeah, I know she likes this one a lot. Is it this one? Probably. I don't don't think it's this one. I think it's this one. You tell me. That's a good question. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. Mm, What is the other one I think would be on? Yep, yep. This is live. This is live thought. Yeah, this is live thought. Uh, I'm I'm just going to go with these three right now, so. Oh. All right. I have eight. All right. I only did three right now. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll get it go. We're doing really riveting TV. Right I know, now. I know. It's lovely. All right. So, uh, again, uh, we talked about it. Uh, our Chits and Giggles topic here is our spouse's favorite games. Mm-hmm. But before we get going, what have you been playing? Oh, well, that's a great question. You know, so last time we talked about what we've been playing, I was already about a month back from when I've been playing. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing some catch up right now. So I've been playing these over the past few weeks, but I wanted to talk about them. Yeah. The first one. I'm going to tell you the, the name of the game, and I want you to tell me if you can guess by the name who the publisher is. Okay. okay? 
or even the designer, either one of those. It's called Freaky Frogs from Outer Space. Uh, it's Freeman and Freeze. That's it's right. Probably his, whatever his company is. <laughs> that's right. Two F spiel. Two F spiel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it all start with F, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it makes sense. So what this game is? It's a solo only pinball themed card game. Hmm. And so what you're doing is you're trying to get as high of a score as you can. Okay. It's supposed. It's designed to be excited to, or be exciting to like pinball fans. So you start off launching it at the top. It has like the the lanes that you can spell out the words. Um, I forget what the word is, but it's like, it's, it's like frogs, I think is what it is. There's like five of them Yeah. and they're worth points and you could play any number of those and you could do bumpers as long as you're changing the color of the bumper. There's three colors of bumpers, but then once it goes down, there's the drop tiles and then you have, um, a couple of the lanes and then you have paddles. So, or the flippers, when you hit the fl- flipper card, mm-hmm. then you can launch it back up and, and onto either of the side. There's trick shots where you can play both of them, and there's ways to save them, and there's also ways to tilt as well. Um, there's also, there's ways to do on uh, multi-ball. There's ways to do um, locks on the balls. There's special abilities because what the way it handles uh, busting or losing a ball mm-hmm. is pretty simple. There's either outer lanes or there's a loss where it goes right down the middle, and you can't ever discard those from your hand. But anytime you play a card, like let's say a bumper, okay, um, they will tell you how many more cards you draw. So you draw two more cards, and if you ever get three of the center lane one mm-hmm. where it, where it's about to go off of the lane, at at a time you have to either play a trick shot or something else to to justify those, and then you discard all those cards. Okay, so it handles it pretty nicely. It's almost like a press your luck, like it's like a hand management kind of thing. Because of course you want to play things that combo off each other, yeah, get yeah, you yeah. a lot of points, but at the same time, you need to draw cards in order to do that, and then, but drawing too many cards ends up making you have those extra steps that you have to deal with, you know. It's kind of cool how it works. It works really well, but it does say, like, in the rules, it's like, look, we're going to be honest, this game is designed to be as unforgiving as real pinball is. Yeah, you know yeah. how, like, if you yeah. jump to a pinball table, you'll play it for just, like, a minute and a half, and then there you go. Yeah, three yeah. balls, you're done. Yeah. You may maybe get a 1,000 points. Maybe. And then he, the designer even says, like, look, once you get the hang of it, after a few rounds, you're going to be scoring in the millions, like, and especially if you get multi-ball. So you, the way multi-ball works is that you play three cards in a, <laughs> at the same time. Okay. This is real simple. Yeah. It's like you're... Because you're, you're hitting three features. It's interesting that it's... a actual card game yeah for a pinball game i mean it makes sense but yeah, yeah. exactly it, it works really well i mean like the only other pinball themed version that we've seen is super skill pinball yeah yeah and that which one is works a rolling really really well. and it does but i gotta say i see what the designer was going with this he he really did make it that level of exciting and at first you're like this doesn't really make sense how a lot of these work but once you get the hang of it, and you're just like, okay, I'll play this, I'll play this, I'll play this. It includes a mat that shows the full picture of the board game and a little uh, token that you can represent as the ball. But even after you're done playing that and you can visualize it in your head, you don't need the mat. Okay. And it even says that in there. So How's it going, so very? Hey, so very wrong about games. And so it works really well. That is Freaky Frogs from Out of Space, the newest solo game. Maybe the newest or second newest game from Freedom and Freeze. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, so very wrong. I did follow you on YouTube, and I've been watching through some of your podcast stuff. So hey. it's, it's pretty interesting. I did uh, watch the uh, the Daybreak episode. Shout out to So Very Wrong About Games, <laughs> one of our viewers. Very good. We want to support their podcast as, as well. well. Yep. Yep. So 
go check it out. We'll post a link in the description later. All right. So my first game I'm going to be talking about, uh, we, um, uh, going back to what I said last week when we decided to play all those co-ops, on, like in the um, hard uh, modes and stuff like that. That was fun. I, I brought I'm one. Sure. Yeah, we'd, uh, we did uh, Return to Dark Tower was the one I talked about last mm-hmm. week where everything was just randomized and we won on the last turn. This time, we brought an old one that we've never won. We've never beaten this game. Uh, another big um, Funko game out there that I really enjoy. This one was Back to the Future, Back in oh, Time. Oh, yeah, Back in Time. It's right up here. Yeah. yeah. Got it back to the table. Right, right, right there. And we finally beat it. Oh, really? Oh, my That God. game is very unforgiving. <laughs> it really is. Yes. Uh, we got really lucky with some of the stuff that we did. We, we got our pulls and stuff like that. We actually learned to start working with each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice this die for myself because it doesn't. this is only a single blue. It's not going to do me any good. So I'm going to give it to you for you can punch Biff. So I give it to, I think it was my wife was playing Marty McFly, so I gave her my blue die to let oh, her throw cool. the three dice. Knock down Biff all the way down, put his two stun markers on. And then I was able to run away and go do stuff I need to do. We started moving uh, the the DeLorean as fast as we could to at least get parked in the garage until we get the rest of the parts. We did basically the DeLorean part of it, and then while others were concentrating, uh, the other two people that we had were concentrating on getting George and Lorraine and keeping them split away from Biff. Mm-hmm. And so we were working on all that. Uh, and so finally towards the end of the game, it was a bit anticlimactic because we had the love meter all the way maxed out because, again, we got lucky on some rolls. Yeah. Uh, we had the... Uh, and then, like, one of the first two... Uh, things that we put, uh, one of our friends put on his um, board was they get to re-roll the Biff dice. Okay. And so he just kept rolling dice until all the Biff showed up, and then he's like, now I'm just going to chuck all these back in there by using this power. Yep. Rerolled all the Biff dice, and then we got a lot of successes off of that too. And then um, he also had a special power, like every time he got uh, a lightning bolt, it was considered a, I think it was either a... Um, I think it was hearts. Hearts be, uh, or hearts equal lightning bolts. So he was just using his two reds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we could get all those successes. We got their picture, or not their picture, but the thing all the way up. The picture was almost completely gone again. I think we had two pieces that still needed to flip and we lost. Oh, I but it you. was a bit anticlimactic because we got it all basically maxed out. The DeLorean where it needed to be in the last three spaces. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had all the parts. And then we just had to keep Biff away from dropping the love meter. So all we did was just run into Biff's area and just started punching him to make sure he stayed down yep. for like the last three turns. You stay there, Biff. <laughs> just started Don't mugging you get him. Up again. <laughs> just started you see mugging that curb him. right there? Wow. <laughs> just started mugging him. Once he was down, we had the, the two tokens down there, so it had to take him a while to get uh-huh. back up. We just uh, uh, was like, okay, I'm done. Pass. Move to the next person. Biff started moving. Got up. <laughs> Went back over there. Everybody's throwing their stuff. Knocked him back down. So. Still on the ground. Y'all are bullies now all of a sudden. You're, you're so, like I said, very bit anticlimactic, but the fact that we finally beat the game that we've never beaten. We've played this multiple times. I think it was about, this is the fifth time we played this game. This is the first time we beat it. Wow. So I, I was quite glad to get that to the table again. Well, that's awesome. Uh, the next game I want to talk about was, uh, I had a fairly large group in a couple weeks ago. And we played a party game that, uh, right now, we talk every once in a while about uh, designers on this podcast Mm -hmm. that are kind of like, 
as soon as they come out with a game, you're interested. I'm interested, yeah. right? And and this designer really, really like I he's strongly climbing up my list is Wolfgang Warsh, and he came out with a new party game called The Same Game, which is oh, a yeah, stupid yeah. title, honestly. But it's, I appreciate it's that. It's better than the game. The game, yeah. right? Which is also is that Wolfgang Warsh or is mm. he the mind? No, I think he's I think the mind. I think he's just the mind. I can but, actually look it up while you're talking about it. Yeah, and this game has, like, um, there, there was an older game called This Game is Bonkers from back in the day that has just wild uh, fonts and crazy designs and stuff. This game reminded me of that. There's lots of crazy art, graphics, and everything's super bubbly and different fonts and bright colors shooting at you, and really bizarre components. Mm-hmm. For example, like, every player gets a, a little dry erase board that's only about the size of like I don't know like a movie ticket, and part of it folds in, so that way you can yeah, hide the, the secret number. Stefan yeah. Benedorf or Bendorf. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so a little part of it folds down, so you can write a number on the inside of this little dry erase marker. Yeah. But then you also have these tokens that you pull from a bag, that give out random number distributions, and you have little plastic cups that cover those tokens. So anyway, the whole purpose of this game is pretty simple. You're cooperatively trying to guess um, the 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 core the trap card. Basically, there's one of those categories that describe certain words that will be a trap, and it's picked at random. So let's say mine is um, uh, the length of the object or the height of the object laying down. Okay. okay, and they're very weird categories, by the way. Sounds like it. And and some of the others might be um, their intended use. Or uh, the other ones might be, like, the importance to humanity, which is super subjective, which is great. Others might be its value or its material that it's made out of. And so you have a certain number of these laid out. um, So use all those as an example right now. Mm -hmm. And if my category is um, the height of the object laying down, then what I have to do is I have to... I pull up, like, an object in it, uh, let's say, like, a refrigerator... I have to give another clue that is only similar in that one way. So I would have to give a clue about something that is that high, laying down, but nothing else. Like, not its intended use, not its value, not its everything else. Because it's like Similo in that aspect. That one piece of information, everyone has to assume so much about it. And one by one, you eliminate different categories as you're trying to get as far as you can. And the more categories you successfully eliminate before you eventually find the trap or get all of them, mm-hmm. the more points you win as a group. And so if you get past a thir- certain threshold, you win. It's really bizarre, and I know I'm not doing it justice, but I love just the bizarre, weird categories that it came up with. Hmm. Like, um, importance to humanity is hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, one could be like... The weight of the object, really obvious. Um, like, And some of them would be like, you know, the length and like the the height, like really obvious stuff. But yeah, when yeah, you start yeah. getting into like the weirder categories, like the materials used to produce it or, you know, um, yeah, it it breaks my brain. But man, does Auction it work Auction games well. break your brain, so. Well, I, no, I'm just <laughs> trash at them. <laughs> but, which I hope we talk about. But yeah, it's. It it worked so incredibly well because once somebody once we got the hang of it and you get past that idea, it's like okay, so like mine was like a test tube and then I put like a stick of dynamite 
And so it was like the shape of the item. Oh, okay. Right? I was like... But again, like, that leads to that discussion. It's like, well, I mean, there can be plastic test tubes, but like, are six of dynamite plastic? Or is this like, they're about the same height lying down, but mm-hmm. like, they're very different uses. And you have these bizarre discussions. It's like, if he meant value for humanity, then wouldn't have he put something like this instead of a, a stick of dynamite? Yeah. You know, like... Weird, bizarre conversations, and it leads really hilariously. I highly recommend it. I I thought I was gonna like it, and it like was excelled my expectations. That's nice. the same game by Wolfgang Warsh. He, he also did uh, Quacks, didn't he? He did Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah, he did Tavern to Tiefenthal. I like that one a lot. Yeah, too. and he did the Fuzzies, which I've been very much looking forward to playing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. Although I mean, my wife said specifically, I'm not allowed to buy the Fuzzies. Because apparently, like, the little pom-pom balls uh, that, like, stick together, apparently they can get stuck in your hair really easily. And she does have that curly hair, so... She does, and <laughs> so does my daughter. So she was like, if there's one game you're not allowed to buy, that's it. And I was like, oh, but I really want to try it, though. It's Wolfgang Warsh. All right, so <laughs> the uh, next game I'm going to talk about here on my list, uh, going back to the um, the co-op day, or games... I picked up, uh, or, or we played again, at the hardest difficulty, because the, the reason why we played this one specifically is because this is the game when I mentioned last week that he complained about. I was like, oh, that was just a little easy. I'm like, that's because we played it on the basic mode to teach you how to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I brought the loop back to the table for us to play, put it on its hardest difficulty, and it kicked our But Not only did I put it on the hardest difficulty, I put it at the hardest scenario part of it. It's the hardest scenario, the hardest difficulty... Uh, it's like you, they make middle levels, don't they? Yeah, but he wanted to play like really punishing co-ops. I'm like, he All right. hates himself. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So we put it on, Ooh. and this thing kicked our butt. I mean, we got close, honestly, because you needed to reach four goals mm-hmm. before bad things happen. So, like, either you get, I think it was uh, four uh, temporal or yeah, temporal things. I think it's what it's mm-hmm. called, or you get a second one on the same location. And so the way this game works is you're working, you're going around, you're trying to fight this guy named Dr. Foe, and he makes Foe copies of himself in different timelines. And so every time he's got extra things there, you have to drop tokens based on where he's at. And there's a little drop tube in there. Whenever it fills up on the red cubes, that, that, that thing is destroyed. You could ever do that goal. And so a temporal anomaly happens. Well, in the hardest mode, you do a temporal flux, I think is what it's called. And when that happens, if you end your turn on that space, you guys immediately die. The game's over. So that's what makes it even more difficult. And we played at this hardest scenario, so uh, different things are happening in this part of it. It was rough. We got our butts handed to us. Uh, I really do enjoy this game, even when it's punishingly beating us up i did did enjoy this i love the asymmetrical powers uh that once per turn i can do this everybody can move for free one time on their turn you just flip your tablet over to say that you've done it it has a really cool mechanism so it's kind of deck building so you have like three cards uh in your your tableau and then you can tap them uh, saying that you use them and if there's a green cube in your location for the first time you do this, you can pull that green cube, and if your cards share the same um, uh, logo, I guess you can say, uh, you are allowed to do a loop, untap them for you to use them again. 
on a turn to allow them to do their special abilities and stuff like okay. that. And so, and if you want to do it again, you need to have two green cubes. So you're trying to mitigate oh, sure. the red cubes on the area. You want to put green cubes out there for people to start doing the loop. You want to make sure you get cards that all have the same tags. Mm. In a sense, this way, if they come out, you can reset all three of your cards out there. And there's one that is basically a black hole is what they call it. Mm. Those cannot be looped because they don't have a tag on them. But they're also some of the more powerful cards that give you really cool powers. And so you're doing all this. You're mitigating everything, cleaning up everything. You're taking Dr. Foe's uh, uh, Fo, clones to their actual timeline. And when you do that, you cause a um, paradox which destroys them. And by doing that, you can hit some of the goals that you got up there. And so you always will have two goals that you're working on face up. When you succeed on one, you flip another one up, you decide... If uh, one of your goals gets destroyed, you always have to have two. So as a group, you decide when the next one's coming up, and then you're working on those goals. And you need to get four goals out of seven spaces. So you need to get four out of seven gotcha. before uh, either a temporal uh, loop or something happens, or you get a second one at the same location. Hmm. And so it's it's very tough. It was very fun. I do want to pick up the expansion. I like this game a lot, but man, was it brutal. We got, I think... Two of the four completed before we lost because he he hit another spot. Um, and so the way it works when you're doing the drop cubes, um, and this one it does it like whenever he goes to a certain area, we something bad happens. I forget how that scenario actually worked. But when you're dropping the cubes, um, he actually starts putting a lot of his clones out there. And so okay. for every you're always dropping two cubes on your turn. And then you add a cube for every clone that's in that location. So when they start all congregating in one little area, yeah. um, you're dropping like four or five cubes at a time, and most of those spaces only hold three or four red cubes. So it was just, it was crushing how much we were like, we're trying to mitigate this, but it's not working. Right. But yeah, no, I really do enjoy this game a lot. It's a little fun, quirky little game, and that was The Loop. Very cool. The next one I want to talk about, speaking of ridiculous games... This one is a game that I got uh, on the same reason that we talked about Unboxed a number of weeks ago. Um, I week. like how ridiculous that game is. Yeah, last week. Um, I like how ridiculous that game is. Mm-hmm. This game is also just as ridiculous, and it's in like the same style package, and I thought at first it was the same publisher. It turns out it's not. This is called Noobs in Space. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have I told you about this one yet? You, I think you told us last Wednesday at right. game night. So... This is similar to a game that's on the phone called Space Team. Yes, you did tell us this. Yeah, everyone has their own little space panel in front of them mm-hmm. that you can interact with. And when something comes up, like it'll say, oh, the um, the anastanofram needs to be set to 12. And you're like, what What does that mean? And then somebody, somebody's phone has a thing called the anastanofram and there's some dial that gets set to 12. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to panically do all these together. This works in the same way, except you have a timer counting up, and the scenarios will be dependent on when you complete your tasks. Okay. You have a number of tasks, and you always go the f- number one, number two, number three, number four, and when you are done with all the tasks, you're going to have a series of different cards in front of everybody. Gotcha. And if you have it correctly, then you win. That's essentially it. And you get like a score based on how accurate it looks versus how quick you did it and all those things. Yeah. So 
but it comes up with some weird ideas. Like, I don't want to give too many spoilers because that's part of the fun of the game. It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like an escape room where you, like, can't know this stuff. Yeah. But it might say something like, oh, like, we need to put... We need to put these gauges in order from least to highest, but you skip every other one. And then some people will have some of the gauges. You're like, okay, well, mine's like two thirds full, and mine's like mine's only like a fit or like five percent. It's like mine's three fourths maybe, and you're trying to like because you can never show each other the cards, but you could describe it however you want. And, like, and one of the cards might have some weird condition where it says, like, you could do this, but it actually has to be descending order instead. Sorry, if this card is in play. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, I think I have that. Um, oh, yeah, so we got to do a descending order, guys. <laughs> and you're, it's just complete shenanigans. And when you play the cards, that's when you officially put it face up, and then that's it. You know, once it's played, it's played. You can't undo the play. It's so weird, and it works incredibly well. We... That... It's not that often that we play a game at our game night and then go, okay, let's do another yeah. real quick. And we did, I think, three scenarios back to back. And they were just a riot every time. We loved it, every single one. It's one that we're going to keep playing. And I know there's eight scenarios, and it just works really well. Noobs in Space, it's like 15, 20 bucks. So Doesn't go, sound too bad. I'm yeah. going to check that one out. Yeah, I mean, when we're all done, I can just lend it to you, right? Yeah, that Because yeah. we'll already know it. Yeah, but it's not consumable. It's not anything like that. But and it's not, it's not like it's a deep story or anything. It's just like it's just kind of ridiculous cooperative shenanigans. So it's really cool. I like it on that aspect. If that's it, your style of game, by that description alone, you're gonna know whether you like it or not. But I really enjoy games like that, and this definitely hit the mark. All right. So my next game I'm gonna talk about. Uh, I actually played this again, uh, like two weeks ago or so. Uh, trying to remember, it was one where you couldn't show up because we just did the um, mm-hmm. uh, the Sunday group, and then yep. our other buddy he just got back in town from Albuquerque, so he wasn't feeling well. So it was just me and Gamehead Geek playing games, and I'm like, you know what? Let me show you this game because he's been wanting to play it. So I pulled it off the shelf and showed it to him, and it's my game of 2023. I love this game a lot, and this was Earth. Uh, yep. Uh, like I said, we showed it to the Gamehead Geek. Uh, and he fell in love with it. At two players, it just plays. It sings just as it well does. as it does at four players yep. or three players. It just it's really really quick. There's no necessity for scaling in that game. Yeah. the way it works. Yeah, exactly. It works and really it's because well. you're always paying attention to other people's turns, mm-hmm. not, not just your own. Uh, it's still a very simple engine builder when it comes down to it. You're just building a four by four grid of cards. And depending on their tags, they're going to score you a certain ways. They're going to score you uh, based on, hey, if this has got this tag, then this card's going to score you this way. Very simple scoring as well. Another thing I like about it, too, is that it's basically community scoring. So all the fauna cards, you're trying to build for those, and the first one there gets the most points, but it doesn't block anybody else from getting points on that section. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a descending order. I also like the fact that Hey, if you're doing this action, uh, then I still have a follow action. I could. It's just not going to be as powerful as the action that you're sure. picking, but still, I could either. And it's basically kind of what that action is. So one of them is like with you, you'll get five. Um, uh, I think it's soil. I think that was the resource soil, soil yeah, or fertilizer or something. Yep. Yeah, five of that, and then you get to draw five cards, and so or you oh, get yeah. to, to do. Yeah, I think it's like five cards or something like that. And then everybody else could either choose to get two soil, which is basically your currency in this game. That's how you're going to put gar- uh, yeah. cards into your tableau. Or, or you can do draw two cards. 
And so I really like that aspect that you're basically paying attention. Oh, you did this? Okay, I'm going to do this. And then once it's all said and done, depending on what action you do, you fire all your cards in your tableau, including your player board itself, based on that color. So if you're doing a red action, I'm going to fire all my red cards. It's like boom, 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 boom. All right, now I'm done. Yep. All right, oh, my turn now? Okay, let me do this. Boom, boom, boom. I love this game. I can easily see this when we do our top 100 again, probably in a couple years. Yeah, it's, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be up there. It, it might be even the top ten. I I really do enjoy this it, one. Th this Earth, and I really want to give it on a shout out to Inside Up Games, like because the way that Earth works, and, and this is what I tell to everybody who comes in the shop and asks me my honest opinion about it. Anybody who likes Wingspan or Everdell or Terraforming Mars mm -hmm. or any of those other games where they're like, this is the quintessential tableau engine building game. Yeah. Every single one of those games that I played were somewhat lackluster at some point. At where I'm like something just where I'm like, to you. Yeah, enough and, and I was like, they're all fine, they're all good games, mm -hmm. but it's just like they don't deserve the hype that they got. Earth was the first one that absolutely deserved that hype. Yeah. That was just bar none. <laughs> it did everything that all those other games claimed to do. Uh, to the point where he told me, damn it, Daniel. That means he... He even said he thinks he can get his wife to play this one because you're engaged the entire time. I think my wife would. Yeah. Th this would be easily Not the heaviest Not just your game. wife, but his wife, Nicole. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it, it's it's really good yep. about... Um, People keeping people engaged on when it's not their turn. Oh, you did a red action? Okay, and then I'm yep. going to do this, and then I'm going to fire off my reds. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing you have to pay attention to, and it's really not that important, you don't have to pay attention to this aspect, of is it yep. telling you to draw cards, you need to let the other player, or the first player draw the cards first, and then you go in turn order. There's so many cards in this deck, I don't see a problem with having I mean, the up. kind of person who would complain about that would complain at a blackjack table because you sat to their right. Yeah, no. Like, I, that should have been my card that you didn't, that you busted it, on. No, it's I like, don't disagree. But like, it just says how that random you, need, works. you need to do it in play order. Yeah, I like, know, I know. I'm just like, it, it doesn't really make it, sense. It, and if you really want to make doesn't. the game faster, you can ignore it because you don't know what's coming up. He gets to draw five yeah. cards. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for him. Maybe yeah. if you draw your two cards first, it makes his next three cards that he wouldn't have gotten right. much better for him because yeah. they might work with what he's doing in his engine. Anybody who cares about that, it's like that's how random works. Yeah, it, so fate decided you got bad <laughs> cards, not the other players. Exactly, you deserve the bad cards because you care so much. No, but I, I do dig this game a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's going to unseat terrible. Mars for me or Wingspan just because I really do love those games yep. and I like the theme on them as well because I'm a big bird guy. You know this. It, yep. Actually, you got shocked last time we went to Gamma yep. and when I wasn't driving, I was like, oh man, look at that bird. Oh, that's yeah. a, look at that's a red tail hawk right there and doing yeah. stuff like that. You're just like, I didn't even know you're that big in birds, but yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I didn't think you appreciated them just fine. I didn't think you were an actual like bird watcher. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I used to uh, be a big bird watcher when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. My uncle used to take me out. We used to go to like a bird society and stuff like that. But now Earth is just giving me more, much more appreciation of certain plants, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the art in that game, too. Just you with birds is like me with music instruments. Yeah, pretty like, much. Oh, this is clearly this. <laughs> yeah, like, this is how this works. We like, have three bird feeders in our backyard, and it's literally sitting outside of uh, my... Uh, my uh, sliding glass door for when I'm sitting on the couch, I could just turn over there and look at the birds. That's very coincidental. In my backyard, I have three drum sets and a guitar. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so I just say, but I do yeah. love Earth a lot. Earth is great. Um, I, and I also like the fact that I could play this many, many times. Mm -hmm. 
I'm never going to see the same game because the the yeah. uh, the fauna cards they're double sided. Yep. So if I've played with this deer before, I can flip it to the other side. And, oh look, it's a polar bear now. There's over 300 unique cards. Yeah, and then, uh, not even that. There's double sided cards right. too. And then the same thing with the islands. And if you play on the advanced mode, there's you have your own personal scoring island, and then mm-hmm. you have the other or the ecosystem, and you have the ecosystem that everybody's playing against too. So yep. I do really like this one a lot. It's wild. It's such a cool game. Alright, the last game I wanted to talk about is yet another solo game. I really kind of stepped it up on the solo gaming lately. And this one is one that I bought at our recent uh, run of solo, or uh, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either that or the time I went right before it. Either way, I got it at Bookman's. I know you bought a solo game. I just, because I know you were looking at uh, that one right there, but I don't think you bought that one. No, I don't. Santa's Village. No, you don't have it yet. Um, The one that I got was. it's a small little box. It's called Palm Island. And the, I guess... You didn't get on this last one. You got okay. It. No, I got it right before that, then. Yeah. And the way this works is simple. You have 18 cards. You're playing it. Because I think you got the uh, Friedman Fries one when we were there. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, and then so very wrong about games said co-op games. I think my favorite two are Uprising, Curse of the Last Emperor, which we haven't played yet. Yeah. And Project Elite. Which is phenomenal. Project Elite is pretty dope. Um, and so Palm Island... We, the way it works is you have 18 cards, and you shuffle up all the cards except for one of them, the number eight, 17 card, and you put it at the, bo- the back of your deck, okay? Yeah. And so you play through these, and it's designed where you hold them in both of your hands. Like, you're not supposed to necessarily need a table. You can use a table, but you don't need a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have your left and right hand. And in fact, it actually kind of benefits you if you do hold the cards, actually. Yeah. Because... Uh, you you take the top card off of your off of the deck in your left hand and you put it in your right hand and those are the two choices that you can use. You can either uh, use the card for its resource if it has one available, or you could put one of the cards behind the pile, trying to manipulate the turn order and also to to draw it to the next card so you can bypass it. Or if you have enough resources to build the card, it'll have different ways to either flip it or turn it then you can use the resources that you have then previously stored. So it's pretty simple how it works. Like you'll have, I'm going to use my phone as an example, you have one card, or the deck in your left hand, one card in your right hand, and if you decide, like let's say this one shows stone on the top, I'm like, okay, I want to store stone. So you put it behind the other cards sideways like this, kind of like tapped. You have up to four cards like that. And then those just get stored sideways. Don't don't say tap, we don't want to get sued. You said tap earlier. (laughs) You put them sideways... Exhausted. Um, <laughs> the generic term that everyone else uses. Um, sideways, while your other hands are, cards are upright. Yeah. The thing is, if you ever like loop through the deck and you get back to that card, it just jumps to the back because you lost it. You know, you just weighed down the resource, right? Yeah. But at some point, because they stick at the same turn order, um, if you're like, oh, I have enough to build this card, I'm going to turn these cards back upright and slide them back into the deck where they belong. And then I'm going to build this, flip it upside down, and now i got to put it at the back of my deck. So later on, it's going to give me a better ability. So it's an engine building, it's resource management, I've heard really and it's all hands and two hands. Yeah, in the version I got, um, it has like a co-op mode and a versus mode, and it has two full decks so you can play it with either players, and the cards are all plastic. So I got kind of like the deluxified version. And i got to say, I played, I played it once and I was like, okay, that was cool. I think I'll try this again, because I think I got it good right now. I played it again... 
and I got a lesser score. I was like, oh, darn, that didn't work. But my hands are cramping, so I'm not going to try it a third time yeah. right now. Because that's the only problem, is that holding the card sideways, you can have up to four of them sideways. Yeah. You kind of have to, like, like do, like, this move and put it, like, on the back while holding the other cards. Yeah. Which isn't too bad, but it's... It, Your hand's going to start cramping. It does cramp right. a little yeah. bit, right? And it's not too bad. Because your left hand's doing way more work than this hand. You're, you're just kind of shifting everything into place with your right yeah. hand. Uh, but it does work. Unless and, you're a lefty, then you're doing it all with your right hand and putting everything in place with your left. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I it, suppose you could, yeah. Well, you're, if you're holding with your left hand and working with your right hand, that yeah. means you're right hand dominant. So if someone's yeah. left-handed, they're probably doing it in the mirror version and holding it in their right hand while using their left hand to Possibly. manipulate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything about the cards. But if you think about it, what, what makes this really cool is that, yeah, there's only 17 cards, right? You have eight rounds because when you get to the last card, yeah. then you flip it to the next number, and that's how you keep track is the eight rounds through this. So eight times you go through your deck, you don't shuffle them, you just... You shuffle on initially, but you don't shuffle them after that. Okay. And there's four different sides to each card, technically, right? There's a front, back, up, and down. Okay. And so you technically have a lot more cards and a lot more options than at first glance. It really is a smart design. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, some of the people that are involved with this, was I think they were involved in Gloom Holden I as believe well. so, yeah. Yeah, and I have to look more into that. That's completely un unsubstantiated, but I think that they had something to do with each other. I'll look into that later. Uh, yeah, because I think he ended up doing uh, Button and Bugs this week. Yes, yeah, and it, like, what a smart design, honestly. Like, I was really genuinely impressed. So, good job, Paul Myland. That's the last game I wanted to talk about that I've been playing. All right, so the last game I'm talking about uh, here is one I got for Christmas. Uh, was really happy about it. You were happy about it because you liked the fact that now I own three Reiner Kinesia games. And we did, You're catching up to me, man. Uh, we did a Reiner Kinesia game night. My my last pick was Wednesday because there was a couple games I wanted to get played. We played um, Blue Moon City and Millie Fiori, which, by the way, if you haven't played Millie Fiori, you should pick that one up because that game is mm -hmm. that's still my favorite Kinesia game so far. The one we just recently played is called Nightmare Production. It's a reimplementation of Dream Factory, Hollywood Blockbuster, Trump Fabric, or Silver Screen, whichever one. Pick your poison on that one. It's a bunch of games over there. Mm -hmm. But I personally like this version because I love horror movies. And this is basically you're building a horror movie by auctioning off. And I'm not a huge fan of auction games. I've never been. For Cell is probably my favorite auction game, but I think if more plays of this, this mm -hmm. might climb up there because what I've learned I like in auction games is I love a closed economy auction game. We played a three-player game. There was only $36 million, basically 36 tokens in the entire game. And anytime you would win a auction, you would have to pay the other players evenly. So if I bid $7 million on an item... Uh, or let's say on a legendary creature, the first auction, then mm -hmm. you would get three, our mutual friend would get three, and the one that was left over gets put up into the next pool. So we know there's yep. one million sitting over there waiting to be given to someone else. And so we kind of know what everybody's holding at one point in time. And I know we were confusing you because you're like, why are you going so big on yeah, some of this I mean, stuff? Like, I mean, not to interrupt you, but it's just like, like, I, I did what made the most sense at the time, because I looked over all of the span of, like, how many tokens do we have? Mm -hmm. I know we have limited money. You know, there's yeah. 36 bucks between us, but I have 12 of that. So, there's, like, 23 stars. That's about half. So, each each star is, is worth, or each, yeah, each, each star one, is worth half a dollar. Yeah. So, that's a very reasonable. 
And and then there was like two tokens that were like one stars, like one stars each, and you're like dropping five, six, seven dollars. I'm like, whoa, what are you guys seeing here? And I mean, obviously, I lost because they saw something that I didn't see. But it's like this inflation rate, guys. <laughs> this is not sustainable. This is what happened to to you know uh, like all of the 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 pyramid schemes, Ponzi yeah. schemes, like. Like this, you're just building on something that's unsustainable, and it's all going to come crashing down. Well, it's Mark like a, Madoff up in here, or Madoff? Bernie Madoff. Bernie, Bernie Madoff. Yeah, but yeah. The, the whole thing about this is what the way I was playing it is like, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to go big in some of these these first couple rounds because I know, and I, I even told you guys that money will be worth something at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, but your big thing about is finishing your films up because if you get the score the highest, you get the best movie or best character award. If you have the m- most point total out of all your characters. Um, and then, so I, I, I mentioned that. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be the first one to have a movie. Cause if you finish a certain type of movie, whether it's a slasher yep. supernatural or something like that, you get a bonus five points. If you're the first one to finish that type of film, I'm like, okay. And then we're going to score the best movie every year. So you're also trying to get those things. So I'm like, yeah, these are only worth two stars, but it's going to get me closer to finishing these movies. Plus right. there's two sections in there that you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. So, but you want to be the first one to pick, and the way that works is if you have the most creatures in um, special cameos, I think is what it's called. Yes. Uh, whoever has the most gets to make the first selection. That's a big thing because you don't know what those tokens are, but there could be like contracts in there that are worth a lot of stars that will help you finish a film. Basically, taking as basically a wild, and you okay. can replace it with something that needs to go in that section. So it's just kind of that little push and pull. Yeah, I know I'm going to be spending a lot of my money here. But it's also good for me to kind of drive up prices on you guys, too, mm-hmm. because that means I'm going to get more money to spend later on. And that's what I was doing towards the end of the game. I'm like, well, everybody knows I only have like $2 million, so I'm going to bid $2 million. <laughs> So everybody knows I have it because both of you yeah. will have all the money, but I'm like, I'm going to bid the $2 million that I have. Therefore... At least I'm getting a million back, and yeah. now that puts me at three million. So it's kind of like that situation. Yeah. I know I'm going to drive the price up, which means I'm going to get more stuff in the back end of things because I know I'm done. I can't do any more films, but I can still get in the auction and discard things. So if I'm getting yep. money back, that's going to be points for me at the end of the game too. So I love the way this worked in this yep. closed economy system because even though I was done, I could still screw you guys over and still help myself out because if I lose an auction, I'm still getting money. Right. <laughs> so uh, We talk about uh, stand-up moments in all of our yeah. podcasts, and, and this had one of the funniest moments, like, and I was really surprised by it because there was – between us, there was thirty six dollars. Mm-hmm. I had twenty three dollars behind my screen. Yeah, and then I confirmed with you. It's like, can we only bid as high as we have? I, yeah, and you're like, yes, I, that's true. I was like, okay, I'm gonna bid this, and you bid ten. I was like, hold on, <laughs> I have twenty three. You just bid ten. I look over at our mutual friend, Dom. You broke. Dude. <laughs> like, there's no max three dollars. Like, there's no yeah. way you got money over here. And he was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "No, I, I know. I know you had a lot of tokens." And the only reason I went that high because I didn't there, win like a single auction. There was literally something I needed there. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna go high, even if I don't get the thing I needed, because it would complete. Uh, I think right. it was like my last film or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, if I don't win this one, that's fine because I know I'm forcing him to give at least five million dollars yeah. to yeah me. to each of you. <laughs> it was so broken and it was so hilarious at the same time. 
Uh, he didn't have any money because I had the other 13. You had 13? <laughs> I mean, it was just so ridiculous. Like, I, that would have scared me if I didn't pass then and I said, oh, I'll go 11, you go 12. I'm like, what's going on? This isn't worth this. That that game was fantastic. No, they my favorite thing is the whole time you were sitting there at the worst movie and you're like, okay, okay. And then Dom's like, I'm going to finish this movie. It's only worth a four. It's a five, but I had to go one token down. It's yeah, because I already had the five. So I'm getting ten points at the end of the game because yeah. I have the worst acted movie. And so I just told him, uh, we, we played it as like, that's the cult classic movie. Yes. Uh, oh, the, absolutely. Because that's yeah. the worst movie, but it's also a cult classic. That's yeah. why it's so loved. No, that makes perfect uh, sense. But no, we, we enjoyed it. It's so I, bad, it's good. I wish they went more into that hokey side of things, but oh, I did yeah. love the way this played. This is probably my second favorite Kinesia game. I, I, I liked it more than Blue Moon City. I don't Ooh. like it more than Millie Fiori. I, I this really... might either be my favorite or second favorite Trick or Treat Studios games. Nice. I, I did like this it one was a lot. Really good. It was really good. Uh, and that is Nightmare Productions. Awesome. So let's get into our episode today. Um, we are talking about, uh, since, as we said earlier at the top of the episode, Valentine's Day is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So we thought we would make, have our wives, make, our spouses, make a top eight list mm-hmm. of their favorite games. And in and, and rank, so we'll, I'm going to start on my number eight, and we're going to count up to their number one. Your wife's number eight. Uh, that's true. My wife's number eight. Sorry, my Same. apologies. And uh, I'm not putting it in my order. Like I'll tell yeah, you yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it does not match. Honestly, my order. I don't mind her order, but I I would have flipped some of these around. I know sure. her, her like her first three. I'm perfectly fine where they're at. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. If this is my order, some of these games might not even be on my list. Right. Exactly. It's not in my top eight. You know what I not mean? Not in the top eight. Yeah. And I and so one thing I did do is I looked at our old top uh, 100 list and I wanted to see how many of mine were and where they ranked on my list. That's not a bad um, idea. I can pull that up right now. Yeah, go go right ahead. But remember, I'm also I also assumed the eight that I think is on your list. So we'll flip the coin. Same, same as me. So. Coin of doom, and we'll start with number eight of our wives' favorite games. Argon, yes, feeling the judgment. <laughs> we're, we'll see. I mean, speaking of my wife, <laughs> you know, speaking of no, there's no judgment. He. <laughs> Now, granted, he did just say that he probably wouldn't put some of his on his <laughs> list. So keep that in mind next time you ask to play that. All right, you ready? Yep. You start. I start. Number eight. Um, this one is a classic, oldie but goodie. A lot of people don't like this, but this did make my top 100 just because mainly my wife. This is one that we've been playing for a long time. Um, it is a Spiel des Jahres winner, and that's might be a theme that we see prevalent on this. And then I don't have it on my list then. You don't have any Spiels? I have some spiels, but I don't think it's the one I was thinking of. No, I don't think so. But this one is from mid-90s. The classic Euro game, that third best-selling game of all time. Catan? Catan is my n- wife's number eight. Oh, man. No, and this I, didn't is my... have, I didn't even have that on my list because I didn't know she liked that one. This was my number 96. You know, I knew it was on your list. You love yeah. this game. Well, you know, I no, like okay, it quite me, a let bit. Let me rephrase that. You adore this game. You know, I, <laughs> I it's like the top it. 100. I like it. It's really good. Um, it does exactly what it's trying to do. And I get why pe- the people who like it really like it. And there's a reason for that. You know, it's it's not just a Euro game. It transcends a Euro game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of simple Euro games that we have on, on our list that I like or my wife likes and all that stuff. But the reason this sets itself apart is that negotiation for trading uh, trading goods, the banter, the him and han, the the deals, negotiation, 
That's what sets it apart. And so much to the point that I found some Catan buttons that I had on my lanyard. And one of them says, no one wants your sheep. One is like, are we going to trade or what? You know, and then one of them is like, like, like you traded what for what? <laughs> like kind of thing. And, yeah. and, um, and during our last game night, we had a, a group of eight people who wanted to play Catan. And I was like, it does play only four. They're like, that's fine. We'll pair up. And they were like, but we want to play it. Like it, a lot, half of us really enjoy it. The other half hasn't tried it yet. So let's just try it out. And I was like, cool, go for it. Have fun guys. Yeah. And then. Cause even at, with the expansion it only goes up to six. It goes right? up to six. Yes. Yeah. And so my God, that was the loudest raucous <laughs> table in the entire game night. And they loved every second of it. And there was one point where, where one person was like, all right, I will trade you one sheep. For two wood, and and I walk up and I just hold up the button, and then not like the other half of the table that's hearing this this response is seeing and reading my button saying no one wants your sheep, <laughs> <laughs> and it just felt the riot. And that negotiation just really works well. It's the same reason I like Bonanza, which uh, you know it, I get it, I understand why it is. It, it's not in my top ten, but it is my wife's number eight game of all time. Uh, my wife does not like this game at all. Is that true, Argon? You don't like she was not, not a fan of this when we sh- you showed it at game night. I'm not a fan yeah. of this all that much either. No, no, you you hate on it. You got some hate raid for no, Catan. No, I don't like regular Catan. I like uh, Starfarer's a Catan. Sure, that, that the space one was really cool, and I, I like it because the little bit of the story that comes in yeah. through those uh, those cards. I did yeah. like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. So my wife's number eight is actually one of the newer games to the list, and this is one of those ones that I said surprised me because it jumps so far already into her top eight. Um, and this one is a fun little word game called So Clover. I didn't have this on my list. <laughs> I, like Darn. I said, it surprised me. Uh, wow, I love so the break components. Uh, we have right. really fun clues with this. And then the group that we play this game with a lot, we allow dirtiness in it too. So uh, so there's sure. some stuff like when wood comes up or something like yeah. You have to find a way to pair two words that would go yeah. nowhere near each other. So it's just kind of like, and we talk about yeah. it all the time. Velvet and sprinkler. <laughs> huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so it's such a fun little game. I'm, I'm glad I actually ended up getting this one. I think we got it uh, from the Tabletop Day this week, year. No. I think that was back in, or last year, it was back in June when I picked this up, and it's already in her one of her favorite games to play. Ow. And it's just because the stand-up moments, the the clues that were given, the, just mm-hmm. the fun that we have with this one. Because in essence, you you have a set of cards, and you have to come up with one word clue, uh, four words basically, basically clue into two different things, and everybody else has to, you know, put it in the right spot, in the right location, how this would work. And sometimes when you're sitting there hearing other people talking, it's like, oh, I didn't think about that because I did not pay attention to the words on the inside of the cards. I am an idiot because that would yep. work so much That's better. That's the best part. You're like, you, you pull out that one card like, wow, I neglected that <laughs> yeah. one a lot. Yeah. I totally see. I led you astray. I yeah. am so sorry. But no, it's a, it's a fun little co-op word game. And I I'm, I knew she liked this one a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was in her top eight games. So, so Clover. All right, going on to our wives' number seventh game of all time. Here you go. I'm sorry. So this one is one of the only two examples of a game ranking higher on my list than on her list. And this is my number five game of all time. 
This is by one of our favorite designers, or one of my favorite designers, uh, John DeClaire. And ever since my wife played this for the first time, like, she was very hesitant because it looks more complicated than it was. When I told her it's like Machikoro, but extra. Oh, wow. I actually picked this one properly. Space yeah. Base. Space Base. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. And we just played this the other night, too. Nice. And she was hesitant because I brought out the expansion because we've been adding in the expansion stuff. Yeah. As we've been playing. And, oh, my goodness. This works so well. Space Base is a, an amazing game. I could not agree more. I was actually surprised that this was only her number seven, to be honest, because this is my number five of all time, and that's out of a lot larger of a range of games. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, you could rate it based on how, how fun the group is having, but, yeah. you know, again, this is your favorite, not the group's favorite. Mm -hmm. But so all, but all options are valid, but still. But she goes more into the game immersion side of things when we True. talk about things. The stand-up yep. moments, the fun, the laughter. Yep, exactly, exactly. And Space Space Man, it it just hits every single time we play it. There's always a rivalry between my wife and my son. They, they both really adore this game, and they're both head-to-head. -head. And I think because they were so focused on each other, that's the reason I got the win this last time. <laughs> The first time in months. I was going to say for a while. For a long time. <laughs> they just destroy me. And at some point we were playing and my son was trying to find like some infinite combo. My wife was like starting to climb up. She was like, okay, I'm getting good cards here. I'm doing this. I'm starting to do this. Got the engine going. And they look over and I'm at 30 points. I'm like. Don't, don't worry about this. No, yeah. No, <laughs> like, I'm not a threat. Don't mind, don't mind me. Yeah. And I destroyed them. And it's like not. And they both like looked at me like, huh? Yeah, okay. I, I remember the last time. Maybe you're not as bad as we thought you were. <laughs> I remember the last time I played Space Base with the the my wife. That was kind of like that simple thing, except for like, all right, I'm finally getting this engine fire. Yep. And I look over at her, and she's sitting at 35 points. I'm like, oh, she's gonna beat us. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm finally getting my points yep. brewing. Yep. Everything's working. It's firing all it systems. In oh. Okay, it's, never mind. It's just the right timing. It <laughs> yeah. works so well. It yeah. could not have been done better, in my opinion. It works so well. Space Base, that's my number five. That's her number seven of all time. All right, so the next game on the list, this is the one I was telling you about that she reminded me of. I, this was on my list uh, in my top 100. This is my number 58. She likes it a lot more than I do by 51 points, and this is... And I think a big part of this one, too, is we played this on the cruise. And we played it a couple times, and it works really well. It's a nice little uh, quick game. And this is Marvel Remix. Mm. And it's funny that she didn't know the name of this game. The way she described it, and she actually mentioned that we should start uh, like doing another skit or like a game show and make uh, our wives describe a certain game and how it plays and make the other person guess it because of the way she like did this Marvel remix. It's like, it's the Marvel game where you're getting a set of cards and you're scoring points, but then once 10 cards go on the table, and I'm like, Marble Remix? Yeah, that one. Put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea on this one. That's That wasn't even on mine. Yeah. I'm so far zero and two. Yeah, she really does enjoy this one. She, uh, I know for a fact she finds this one engaging uh, because she's like, okay, this works, but if I get this tag in here, then I can flip this up and it's going to be worth more points to me. Mm -hmm. uh, like A lot of things uh, going on there. She's like, I like my seven cards here, so I'm just going to draw off the top and drop it down. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the fact that this one is slightly more gamey than, say, Fantasy Realms because mm -hmm. you you have to 
manage the villains as well as heroes or allies and get the kind of tags because you cannot win the game if you don't have a villain and a hero slash ally in your or ally in your hand so you need to have either a hero or an ally in one villain for you to win this game or at least score your points if you don't have one or either one of those two things that you need to have you get zero points and you're out of the game so you're kind of like at a threshold and most of the villains are negative unless you have something that blinks them or something that actually takes away their negative points. Right. And so I do... Which normally works together if you have, like, the corresponding hero to it, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Or uh, some of them need... Hey, you need to have, like, something with a city tag or two city tags. So I think Kingpin is one of them. He needs to have, like, either a hideout or he needs to have a city tag that doesn't blank this card. Now you're going to score points based off of it. So I really do enjoy this one. Um and it's a very simple game. It's very yeah. quick. Draw a card, discard a card. Yeah, and then you're going to score once 10 go on the table. What I like about this one compared to, say, Fantasy Realms or the one I just recently sold, the Star Trek one, mm-hmm. is that you have two decks on this one. Both of them play in the threshold. So uh, the Star Trek one was a little too complicated for what it needed to be. Uh, Fantasy Realms sometimes is a bit too simple what it needs to be because it's just basically 10 cards on the table. Yeah. This one has a nice mix. Okay, I don't like this villain, so I'm going to put it on the table and draw a new villain, basically, and see if I can get that one to work. Or, ooh, that villain works better for me, so I'm going to pick that one off the table there, yeah. what I'm doing. So it gives you a little bit more push and pull. That makes sense. And so, yeah, hers is Marvel Remix. All right. Going on to our spouse's number six. Here we go. Hey, oh, this one's me. Alright, so I don't know exactly where this one was on my list. I know I had it pretty high, but this is her number six game, and we've only played it a handful uh, of times. And yes, the other version we didn't like was Star Trek. Uh, And this is Role Player Adventures. Uh, I had this one as my number 11, so just missed out. (laughs) This just missed out on my. Top 10 games of all time. I'm one in one right right now, so. <laughs> but, uh. Wait, one in one? Yeah, because I guessed. I didn't guess Catan, but oh. I did get Space Base. Yep. Uh, so, but her. She loves this one. I love the story on them. I love the little, um, uh, dice, um, action of this game because you're basically getting a pull of dice as a group mm-hmm. what i really liked about this one though is that you can play a game of role player set up your character in role player and you can take that character and that includes with the expansions and then take that ga- character over into uh, role player adventures and that's exactly what we did we played a game of role player set up our characters and the next week we played role player adventures with the okay. characters we made and so your your characters will determine how many dice you get of a certain color, and then you're basically just doing dice checks. So we need to go here and use these dice for this thing out of the, our dice pool. Or, okay, now we did this. Should we go over here or should we go over there? So you get like a nice little campaign game. It's a bunch of books. Uh, this is one of the things we want to play more of. Uh, nice little campaign style game. And... Honestly, this needs to get played more because I think it would grow on my list and I think it would probably grow on her list too because we really do enjoy this game a lot. Awesome. I, yeah, had no idea. All right. <laughs> that wasn't, that's not even comparable to anything I got here. All right, my number six, or my wife's number six, was my number 43, which now that I'm thinking about it, it must have been a really tough choice to put it on as 43 because I really adore this game. This is a Press Your Luck token builder. Speaking of Wolfgang Warsh, oh, this is the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Didn't have this one on my list. And, you know, honestly, in the other night, 
she actually offered. She was like, hey, do you want to play Quacks? I'm like, you look like you're about to pass out, so I don't think we're going <laughs> to. But I would love to, even though I don't think you're going to. Yeah. You know, but she, this is one of the few games that she will offer to play. And I will it's bring out game. my stuff. I want to buy the custom uh, token bins, like all those, because I was 3D printing them for a while until my 3D printer gave out. But, I mean, I adore this game. Crocs and Clevenberg works incredibly well. It's good. It, at first, it looks really intimidating, but once you get the swing of it, you're like, okay, I know what that icon and that icon mean. Cool. I know the game. And the press your luck aspect of it, the egging people on, the silliness of it, and the fact that my wife pointed out that she likes games where there is little to no downtime between players' turns. If everyone's actively engaged at the same time, mm -hmm. she's much more on board. And that is literally you're playing at the same time. That's why, for example, like some legacy games she liked more than others because like she didn't like um, Clank Legacy all that much because everyone's turn would take so long. And she just tuned it out after a while. She was like, oh, you're you're making choices in the story. You're doing this. You're adding stickers. You're upgrading stuff. And I'm just waiting for my turn. You know, and she yeah. would get bored out of her mind. And I don't blame her. So that's why Quacks of Quellenberg is her number six. My number 43 of all time. Nice. So I'm... Uh, that's where our six. wives' numbers five. five. There we go. You're starting off again. All right. Uh, so... This one probably you have on the the list. Do I finally get a microphone off? I Let's think see. You, this one is on the list. This is another Don of Ulos game that we were just talking about in Role Player Adventures. This is a flippin' right game called Cartographers. Nope. Wow! You did not guess this. One? I don't know your wife hardly at all. Apparently. Uh, again, very simple flippin' right. She likes this one a lot because she can sit there and color on her thing. She mm -hmm. likes the the little trading and when the monsters come up just to start screwing people over they're like oh, i'm gonna put it way over here this way you're like you got this nice little field now you gotta go cover these spaces or you're gonna get yep. negative points and so yep, yep, yep. yeah we love this game a lot it's one of our go-to's uh especially just you know just a calming game like after we played like very heavy uh versions um just playing uh, uh what is it like really heavy games this is a nice one that just uh yeah <laughs> Uh, let me uh, do that real quick. This way everybody can see what it says. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's hilarious. Uh, and we do like this one. It's it's, it's a little quick game. Uh, honestly, who doesn't like coloring? You yeah. Uh, uh, the version I have came with colored pencils. So, and my wife added that she loves fast, fun group games. And maybe she's a basic, and I'm not going to say the rest of it, but you can know. <laughs> yep. Because we're family friendly. But... Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it is a fun little <laughs> game that I enjoy, too. I think that was, like, high on my list, too, so. Uh, I yeah, knew, it was my I number six. I photographers so... was up there for you. Yeah, so it's her number five. It was my number six, so we're almost in the same area. Whew, okay. My number five, um... We talked about this a little bit earlier, and this game, th this is what broke my brain about when she did the list. I was like, really, you put Space Base below this one? And that's because, in my mind, the Space Base replaced this one in our game library. I called this one. Yep, Machi Koro. I mean, that's that's what we started playing. In fact, this is the game we almost legitimately almost got a divorce over because <laughs> of a massive fight that ensued. Like, one of the worst fights her and I have ever had. 
was because of this game. And this is her number five still. And it's not replaced by it. I don't understand it. I mean, I was playing it by the rules. I did nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, oh, did that get heated. Oof. Talk about people like not liking Catan and the wheeling and dealing, but Machi Koro turned into a psychological thriller. It was it was pretty scary. But anyway, we joke about that now because it, it's we we got pretty heated over it. But we still played it multiple times and so much that we played the legacy version of it. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. We had a blast playing that. It works all of all of its different iterations. Machikoro 1, Machikoro 2, Bright Lights, Big City, um, Legacy, all of those work. If you like one, you'll like all the others. Super cool. I liked it a lot. And that is uh, Machikoro. This, and actually, I was looking at my rankings compared to this. Mm-hmm. So Quacks of Quedlinburg was my number 43. Th- Machikoro is my number 42. Okay. It was right there. They're back to back. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh... So we're talking fours, right? Or no, we're on... Now we're we're on number four. Yep. All right. Number four of our wife's favorite games. You're starting off again. All right. So the next one here I'm going to talk about was in my... Just outside my top ten. This was my number 12. Mm. It's my wife's number four. You probably did pick this one because I talk about this game all the time. He's also said about this on the last one. No, but we play this. This was the game that got us through the pandemic. This is just one. I'm on the board. <laughs> Finally got a point. Uh, just one point, though. Yeah, there you go. And it's just, it's a fun little co-op game where it, So Clover, I think, might surpass this one sure. eventually if we play it a little bit more. <laughs> but my wife adores this game because it's, it's such a simple game. One person is getting a clue uh, or picks a, one, a number one through five. They can't see the card and everybody has to give clues to what that word is, but they can't be so... What's the word I'm looking for? Like basic, I guess you could say, because if someone else clues into that, then they lose those words. So mm-hmm. if three people in a group of six uh, give away clue or do the same clue, you lose mm-hmm. all three of those clues, and now you're down to three clues. And say the other two other people share a clue, they're gone. Now you're down to one clue, and you're sitting there like, oh god. And you have to do this in thirteen cards, basically, because yep. you're trying to get the highest score you can possibly can get. If you guess wrong, you lose a card off your score pile uh, into the, uh, the 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 bad pile. If you pass, you just lose the card that you were trying to guess. Uh, and so, yeah, this led to a lot of stand-up moments when we were basically quarantining in, um, what is it, the uh, during the pandemic type of things. Mm-hmm. We played this remotely quite a bit because the game group we always went to, we missed gaming together, but we, yep. we had to get into our respective bubbles. And so it's like, okay, you know what? This game is pretty simple. All you guys need is whiteboards or uh, pieces of paper. Pieces of paper. Yep. Uh, since I had the game, I would just pick up a card. they pick their number. If it was me, uh, my wife would put it up to the camera, and I'd look away or have my eyes closed. Yep. And everybody would do their thing. And then she'd be like, okay, close your eyes again. Everybody would show their clues. And it was just a very fun game. And this is, like I said, this is really nostalgia for us just because yep. it got us through a period where we couldn't interact with other than your spouse, basically. Mm-hmm. But being able to play socially still, even if it was through the camera, uh, webcam and stuff like that, it was still really, really good for us. And so this one, that's why it's so high on her list, and that's why it's my 12 on my list, too. And it's just because it got us through a very tough period of time. A Very good. Uh, my number four is a game that is probably the simplest on this list, and my wife 
she fell in love with it. This was the only one at, on this list that was not in my top 100. This was my number 283. And I do enjoy it. The expansion didn't do anything for me, though. Um, it was kind of disappointing for, for the expansion. But the rest of the game is really great. And it's one that her and I still throw down every once in a while because it's a simple race to 15 points. Resource management, beautiful components. This is Splendor. Did, did you, have, no. you did not have Splendor. This is the yeah. one I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, still, and this, one of the reasons why I think she likes it as much as she does is because there is a fantastic phone app version of it. In fact, so much to the point that when she got her new phone, I literally, like, logged in, spent a few bucks, and bought it for her and downloaded it to her phone. I was like, go play. Because she can be so, so spiteful in this game, and it's incredible. But it, she loves it, you know? It's a really, it's not like the... She doesn't do anything on her turn, but the turns are so fast because they're not dependent on the other players. Mm -hmm. It's literally take tokens or take tokens or take a card or buy a card. Done. Yeah. That's it. You know, and so the I turns can go by get so the fast. Of this. The Pokemon version looks great. I've actually considered buying it, but I have the deluxified version of the regular one, so I can't justify it yet. But Splendor is great. Um, Splendor Duel is really fun. She actually enjoyed that quite a bit. Didn't make her top uh, eight, but probably would be in her top 20 or 30 or so. Okay, okay. Splendor, her number four, my number 283. Um, wow, it was that far on you, huh? I mean, I just, I only play it with her. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I do like it. But I know she likes it a lot, because I remember, <laughs> I think we were at a party of Gamehead Geek, and everybody was just kind of, you, me, you know, like, I got Splendor in the car, so we ended up playing there, because everybody was just kind of, yeah, bored. And you're like, let's just play this. So er, while well, everybody else is mingling, because uh, I think we were gonna do uh, mafia night. I think that's what we were waiting on, and they were cooking oh, yeah. the food and stuff like that. Yep. So you just busted out Splendor, and so the four of us just sat there playing it while yeah. everybody's just watching us. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's no reason not to. That's why you keep Splendor in the car. Yeah, it works really well. So moving yeah. on to our three. Splendor duel is vicious. All right, our wives' top three game. Here we go. All right, I'll that's start us off. So this one was one of our best gaming experiences. I'm going to be very surprised if you don't have this on our list. This was the first oh, game. I know what this is. Yep. I know what this is. This was the very first Legacy game that her and I played together. Mm -hmm. And yep. she was already a big fan of Pandemic before it. And three so for three. It was not hard. <laughs> it was not hard for us to guess. Oh, well... There's a good chance that we'll be that we'll be enjoying it, right? You know, it's it's pandemic, it's yeah. legacy, and she th this had one of those ongoing moments where the she was very unsure about the idea of legacy before we ever played it. Um, she didn't play Betrayal Legacy with us, unfortunately. No. We played it with with this group, yeah. And I love Betrayal Legacy. Don't get me wrong; it's really great. But she never played it. And I think she would. I might do that again with her. Just like honestly, her it's own. been long enough for you to. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of it, and it's just good silliness, but yeah. Honestly, um, though... Pandemic uh, Legacy, it was already one of her top games of being Pandemic. This replaced it. We played all three of them with with three of us being in the same group. What, some of the best experiences, but the very first game, she wasn't sure about the idea of Legacy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when she knew that I bought this game, I bought this in Houston, Texas, and I remember this very specifically because I went... Um, with a friend of mine and my wife and his, my friend's girlfriend. And we went into a comic shop to find it because it just literally came out like that year. Mm -hmm. And we were in there looking for it and I was asking the guy, 
and everyone else who was there, this is this is the kind of game shop it was. They stopped what they were doing to stare at her, because <laughs> they're like, oh, "There's a female. It's a girl." Like, like you see, like Big Bang Theory. Yeah. It's like, don't make me get the hose. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like I, I'm not stopping and staring because you know <laughs> I get to anyway. <laughs> Shame on them. <laughs> so that's my benefit. Shh, my wife's there. <laughs> I'm not implying that you're staring at my wife. Don't worry. No, I'm saying like these weird, creepy people are were staring at my wife. I was like, I get to look at her all I we want. Gotta be on our best behavior. She'll tell your wife. Yeah, let her tell you. Like, <laughs> she knows that I brag about it. I love it. I. But I, like, I almost had to beat off some nerds. Like, get them out of here. It's like, get out of here, nerds. Get them Watch your wording again. <laughs> Whatever. Beat them away from my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean, sir. It's a family-friendly and... show, sir. <laughs> right? It's like, well, your wife already fixed that for us, <laughs> let me tell you. No, so we we bought the game, and we brought it home. And, hey, Mesma. And um, we, we played through the first game, and halfway through it, there's mm-hmm. one part where it says, destroy this card. And so, to prove that I was like, I'm okay with this, I handed the card straight over to my wife, and she was like, wait, really? Mm-hmm. Says to destroy it. She was like, like, discard it? Like, what do you mean destroy? Like, destroy it. Like, Tear it up? Tear it up, burn it, I don't know, whatever. Destroy it. It cannot be used ever again. She was like, wait, you're sure, right? <laughs> and we just kept going back and forth for a few moments, and she was like, okay. And then she, you hear this little... And she's flinched like I was about to, like, attack her for tearing part of my game. And we just stood there. It's like, it's what the game said. And she was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and immediately that was our be- one of our best things. Um, we burned one of the cards in our pandemic playthrough. Oh, yeah. When, when we found out. Or betrayal. It burned very well. No, no, no. no. Oh, we, yeah, no. We, we, we burned, burned the other one of thing ours. The... We burned one of ours. That's right. We had a we had a sacrificial... <laughs> we did something <laughs> else. We burned something else from Betrayal Legacy. Yeah, that's right. We had, we had a whole sacrifice to that. That was great. No, I mean, the, the thing is, the permanence in, in Legacy games, like, it, you're supposed to tear them up or destroy yeah. them. When you don't do it, it takes away from the permanence of it, yeah. and that's what makes it so wonderful. And... Ever since that, that one time, and really, I I almost think part of it was I handed it to my wife so I wouldn't have to, to do, do it, the yeah. first card. But once she was willing to tear up pieces of my game, and I'm like, you know what? It's not as bad as it seems. I think that helped me through it. Well, my wife was more than ready to start tearing things up from the game. It's like I gave her the first. I'm like, you triggered this, so here, tear yeah. this up. Shh. I know. So no hesitation. After a while, she was like grabbing other cards. She was like, can I tear this one or two? I'm no, no, no. That stays in the game. Calm, calm yourself. Um, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 was my number 12 when we did our top ones, and this is our number 3. All right, so my wife's number 3. I know you have this on the list because you found it like at the last minute. Uh... This is one I've talked about all the time. It's actually my number two in my top 100, so we're basically a point apart. Uh, this is a very... I have a very big version of it sitting on my shelf right there, and this is Wingspan. This is the bird game, and my wife... In, did you not have it? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I, I did think about it. I saw Wingspan, and I'm like, well, I already have my eight. I don't think that's on there. <laughs> this is her number three. <laughs> Uh, I'm 0 and 5, or 1 and 5 now. This is one of my favorite themes, and she really <laughs> loves the engine building aspect of this game. Uh, too, so much so, she's uh, she enjoyed putting up the bird feeder. She actually takes care of the birds more than I do. Uh, and it's so just, ashamed. we're actually really interested to try Wormspan, because it's just like the next step sure. of it. And 
we like this game a lot. One, the art is great in this game. Uh, two, the expansions really make this game sing. Like, I really do enjoy the uh, Oceana with the Nectar. I know some people are like, oh, the wild Nectar and stuff like that. We enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they could just give us, like, packs of cards and I'd be happy. That's, I, I, right now, I'm on my desk, I have the fan art pack that I just haven't put in the big box because I don't want to, you know, dig uh, dig it out right now. <laughs> so it's been sitting there. I have basically everything in it. Uh, our, our group that we play with, they ended up giving me uh, 3D printed bird nests for our eggs for when we're playing the game. That We That's all have cool. our own little stuff. So how's it going, Crate? Uh, hey, Crate. Yeah. Wingspan uh, is one of our favorite games. It's my number two. It's her number three. So, again, we're about uh, within the same connotation, basically. I play a lot more games than she does, so that's not saying much. But <laughs> Wingspan, number three, and I am shocked you did not have this one. <laughs> it, it was, I literally, like, I had the eight already. I'm like, I wonder if there's any others. There's Wingspan. I don't know. Because I never hear... I never hear, like, her talk about it. Granted, apparently I don't hear her talk about any games. Yeah. But th- there's one that I really, I'm really i feeling strongly about. But at this pace, who even knows? I'll tell you my list after we're done. But, man, on to our wives number two. I'm three for three on your wife. <laughs> one in five. <laughs> so my wife's number two. This better be on your list because I talk about us playing this all the flipping time. It's a nice, little, fun, shenanigan-based trick-taking game known as Little Devils. All right, he got it. Nope. No! <laughs> I know you like it so much. Oh, she loves this game. Oh, oh man. She adores God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we play this game all the flipping time. This is one of our go-to games like when we just want to relax or... We have about 20, 30, oh, yeah, minutes, before, uh, 20, 30 minutes before we got to leave. Bust out Wingspan, or not Wingspan, uh, Little Devils. Um, and mm-hmm. I always carry because I keep it in the little card cases or the photo cases. Yep. I always keep it in my bag when we go to our gaming group. Just because it, it just goes down really, really uh, well with that. And it's just the shenanigans based on it. It's like sometimes I'll just be like, let's have some fun. I'll throw the 36 out there. And so it's sitting there like, everybody's like, Oh, God, who's getting the 35? <laughs> because uh, the way this game works is you want to... It's golf scores, so you want the lowest scores. And the way you score every mm-hmm. trick you take, you... <laughs> uh, that's uh, why I'm Daniel 2, apparently. <laughs> she knows, because I was Daniel yeah. first. <laughs> no, I know, but that's... Like, I am forever deemed Daniel 2 now. Even if you weren't Daniel, I'd be now Daniel 2 because of this. Uh, but, yeah, so... The way this works is that so you sorry. have to have the lowest score. And so every time you take a trick, there's little devil scores on the cards. The highest is five, and then it's three, twos, and ones. Mm-hmm. And basically, you're just, you. Uh, once a round is over, you count up the scores. Once someone hits 100, that's the end of the game. Whoever has the lowest score wins. And so you play stuff like that and be like, who's getting the 35? I'm just throwing it out there because I know I'm not taking this trick. Right. And so you're doing stuff like that. And it's just, it goes down really well. I've shown this to uh, our friend Gamehead Geek. Who's not a fan of trick-taking games? No. And he loves this game. So I've been hunt- trying to find a copy for him because I know he yep. this would go down really well. And so, yeah, it's just, it. I'm surprised you did not have this on your list. For shame. I know. All right, my number two, I almost, I could put money on that you have this one because this is my number one game of all time. Carcassonne. Carcassonne, yeah. I mean, this is one of those ones where 
My wife is totally cool with me buying every expansion for it, every version of it, every different iteration, uh, whether it's, you know, a digital version on, on the Switch, whether it's, you know, on our phones. Um, we, we'll play this anywhere we can, and this is still one of our go-to. If her and I just want to hang out, and if we have one of our phones charged up, here you go. Here's the phone. Pass it back and forth. Play it all good time. She has learned very well how to be very good at this game. But this is one of the few that her and I are pretty evenly paced. Like, it's not a guarantee that one of us is going to win. Normally, it's her who wins, like, mm. any of these games. But Carcassonne, I can still give her a run for her money, even though she's she's solid on it. This was my number one. This is the only one that she ranked one lower than I did. Yeah. I already know what uh, her number one is, then. I have, okay. I have two choices on my list here. I know what it is, then. Okay. Yep. And that that's um, Carcassonne. Her number two favorite game of all time. My number one still. Yeah. I adore this game. I really I like this more. game uh, with the, the co-op version, uh, Miss Over Carcassonne. Yeah. That, that, I didn't think it would work because I'm like, Carcassonne, this is just a game yeah. that... But yeah, Miss Over Carcassonne, phenomenal. Yeah, it works really well. And you know what the crazy thing about that is, too? Like, normally I don't like versus games being turned into cooperative by mm -hmm. just... Like, you have to score X number of points. Yeah. It's like, that's not cooperative. That's just playing it next to each other like it's not even like that's not even a thing but you know the thing is the truth of the matter is um it works it works the way that they do that the way you have to mitigate the ghosts the way you have that timer internal timer you have to do the points but it's in a certain number of time without running out of ghosts it works really well i like it carcassonne every iteration my wife's number two I couldn't agree more with this on this list. And yeah, you probably know what the number one is. I'm sh almost certain I know what your wife's number one is. Alright, so Masmos, if you want to find out what our top 10 games are, you can go to our YouTube channel. We uh, Last year we did our top 100. Uh, it'll be the top uh, 20 through 1. So it is in that we list. We're doing 20 at a time. Yeah. Yep. Alright, here we go. Starting with you. Starting with you. This one, I'm going to take a stab in the dark, and I am going to say, I, I think I know what the game is. I will give you a hint, this is my number seven game of all time. Um, so, there was two games on my list. I think I am going to go, they just recently got a legacy version of this game. Um, the other one that I had on my list was Dominion. I know she really likes that She does one, like Dominion. But yep. I didn't think that was going to get on the list. Or I, th those are the two that I was torn with. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact, I'm like, once you said Carcassonne yes. was her two, I knew what her number one is, and this is Ticket to Ride. This is the only game that her and I have ever played on our TV. Not a video <laughs> game adaptation. Like, literally, our you, you, smart Google, TV Google. has a mobile app really? for Ticket to Ride. We have a Vizio Smart TV, something like that. No, uh, we got the new uh, Chromecast. We, yeah, yeah. we recently upgraded to the new Chromecast, and you could download Ticket to Ride as the game. So we were literally sitting there with our remote control, moving pieces and taking cards, playing this when I was supposed to be getting ready for it. Um, Lego, Lego, <laughs> Lego Ticket to Ride. Sorry. No, so speaking of Lego Ticket to Ride, somebody is actually promoting like on the Lego Creations website. A Lego version of Ticket to Ride. Oh, God. Which, yes, I made an account just to do that. <laughs> no, my wife adores this game, mm -hmm. and we are very excited to play the Legacy version of it. I couldn't agree more. This is my number seven. This is one of the three games that she picked that are in my top ten of all time. I love this game. It still gets played. We still have every bit of fun with it. Ticket to Ride, what more can I say? I knew you'd have it. And I do know what... 
I think your wife's number one is. Uh, so Little Devils was my number 15, just uh, to let oh, everybody okay. know. So, again, kind of right there. I'm going to mark a yes right here that I, I already know what. What is it? Gloomhaven. Yep. All right. Uh, that was her number I one. I know that I one. I knew that was going to be her number Nothing one because we play this one so much. <laughs> Uh, we play Jaws of the Lion. Uh, she'll probably mention here what she really calls it. Uh, she really liked that aspect of it. We were playing the, the, the main version of it, too. We were trying to finish that off before we could start getting into the expansion as well as the other, uh, the into Frosthaven and stuff like that. This is probably our most played game. I, I was looking into our statistics. Little Devil's actually climbing on our most played games because, again, we play mm -hmm. it so much. But, uh, Gloomhaven is sitting at like, and between that and Jaws of Lion, we're sitting at about 60 games played of Gloomhaven. Mm -hmm. So it's getting up there. We really do enjoy it. And you throw Frosthaven in once we start that one. It's just, this is a phenomenal game. Uh, we do love these legacy campaign style games, the story. Uh, honestly, if this is the only game we would ever play, we would probably never get bored just because of all the story in there. Mm -hmm. and, when, and, it, and what I like about it is the branching stories, too. So there's stuff that we've done that we will never see um, because it, it got closed off to us. So yep. it's like, okay, we can't go back to that. Let's do this instead and do all this and all the retirements yep. we've done. Uh, oh, yeah, and we have a chest of minis. So yep. our friends uh, 3D printed us some stuff, so we have those on the awesome. map, too. Um, I have the, the stuff that you the gave trays, us, the yeah, trays the, that we can hold all our trays, cards and everything. So you have the the card here, and the cards here, the cards here. Mm -hmm. So just the, we play this game to death. We do enjoy this game a lot. It was easily going to be her number one. I knew it was her number one because, again, this is our most played game, and yep. we love every aspect of it, and it's... The big thing about my wife, she doesn't like a lot of luck in games. She's okay with yep. some luck, but she wants stuff that she can mitigate. This one, really the luck is the cards that you're drawing off the top of your deck. Because you're only playing two cards on your turn. You're doing a top and a bottom. Mm -hmm. And you're playing your character. You're getting into your character. And we really enjoy it when we get a new character. Because it's like, okay, now i got to learn how this one works. And what what do we got to do with this character? And you just keep doing that. And yeah, this game is phenomenal. Uh, I highly recommend they don't have the Gloomhaven Assistant anymore, but there is a plethora of like other assistants out there. I like I think they have like Gloomhaven X Assistant or something like that, which mm -hmm. is basically a mere copy of Gloomhaven Assistant. Yeah, it it helps mitigate a lot of like the build up and tear down aspect of things because it draws the monster cards for you, so you yeah. don't have to do their entire deck. Uh, but yeah, we we enjoy or the especially the magic too. So, but yeah, we enjoy adore this game. It's a blast playing it. Um, and I like I said, I want to finish it. Yep. So who knew that? Uh, that that's still your number one, right? Yeah, that's still yeah. my number one. So day. both of our number ones are on our wives list. I wonder if that's coincidence <laughs> or not. So, um, to let you know some, of, what were some of the ones that you thought were also on my list? You said Dominion. Dominion was one. Uh, let's see, what was the other one? Lost Cities was another one. And Castles she's not Burgundy. the biggest fan. My mom likes it more. Okay. And she's never remember... played Castles of Burgundy. Okay. Th those are the only yeah. ones I could think of. Uh, like I said, I got Pandemic Legacy. I got Carcassonne. Yeah. I got Ticket to Ride, uh, Space Base, and Machi Coro. Yeah. The ones I missed was Lost Cities and Castles. So, Argon, feel free to confirm these or deny them or whatever. But here's some of the ones I thought. Uh, Marvel Champions, which I, I thought that was kind of a long shot. No, she's never played that one. Okay. That, I only played that one solo or with our mutual friend Dom. Walt Disney Animated? 
She did like that one. It just hasn't moved up on her list. Okay. Return to Dark Tower. She likes that one, but it's mm, it's probably like in her top ten. Okay. Summer Camp. Mm, she likes it, if I remember correctly. The only thing is, it's because of uh, she yeah, animated was cute but very simple. It's the 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 fact that sometimes when it happened with us, when you can get stuck with the big ones and they don't get bought. Mm, okay, um, horrified. Again, that's probably like the other one outside her top ten. Horrified, she likes that one. And the last one was Keyforge. She's only played Keyforge once, and she's like okay with it. Yeah, because I remember you saying it's like you wanted to have a magic game, but that didn't like the community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she played it once. She was fine with it. Same thing with Orkana. She really likes magic, so I, mm-hmm. I know she's happy that I'm getting a Fallout deck, so I'll be interested in... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yep. Those are mine. All right. If you ever want to join us or email us directly, whether it's to in, uh, give us ideas for future episodes, enter in future contests that may or may not be coming up soon, or even just to say hi, you can contact us directly by emailing us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as video reuploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at everyday board games podcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're uh, not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. And if you ever want to join us on a live episode, like our friends, let's see if I can name them all. So Very Wrong About Games, Illuminous, Creative Chaos, Masmo, Argon, if there's anybody else who I'm forgetting, please let me know. But... We love the live chats. That's one of our favorite parts about it. Join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, where we tend to film around Mondays, sometimes Tuesdays. Uh, And all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast, including Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and Apple. And if you are, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.